Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada big, bada boom. Welcome to the 83rd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the slap heard around the world, along with the biggest winners and losers from the 94th Annual Academy Awards. We also have a breakdown of the deleted scene featuring the Joker in The Batman. So use the bathroom now, grab that pop popcorn, and enjoy the 83rd episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody, episode 83 of the Drive-In Podcast is here. Shout out, Wes Welker. This is Dr. O on the Horn. I am ecstatic to be joined by Ricky Flicks on this fine evening. Ricky Flicks, uh, before I get into your introduction, I do have to mention the Oscars, the viewership came in and we're pushing 15 million plus that saw the Oscars last night. How much, my question to you, Ricky Flicks, how much is that number due to a 56% increase, the slapper around the world? Yeah, it's got to be from that. <laughs> it has to be. Put a number to it. it. Out of 15 million, how much are they tuned in because of the slap? I'm, I'm still going to say over 12 million was watching this. So I'm going to say three, three million, maybe less, two million, two million. It's got to be a record for Twitter engagements too and Instagram engagements. The video, the slap video has 25 million views on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I remember when we put it up uh, during the Oscars, it had 2 million within the first 10 minutes, which shows that low key people still care about the Oscars and people still care about celebrities. That's got to give us some hope for the future, Ricky Flicks. Yeah, people still care about celebrities. You're right. And social media, they'll keep continue, uh, continuing to care about them. So there is some hope. But it wasn't a great night. <laughs> what was it? It was an exciting night, though, Ricky Flicks. Um, I have to talk about my experience watching the show. So I tried to stream it on ABC, and uh, I don't get cable, Ricky Flicks. So I got home right at 8 o'clock. So I was going to turn on. My TV hopefully starts streaming on ABC and hear Amy Schumer, unfortunately, do her monologue. I actually missed it. 
I actually missed the monologue because I could not stream. So I signed into our parents' uh, cable network. They actually, ABC doesn't support the cable network that our parents have. So I actually had to sign up for YouTube TV on a free trial, and I watched it for one night, canceled it. But thank God I got to see maybe the most significant pop culture moment in the history of the world. It's, it might be the only time we ever get two celebrities fighting each other that aren't actually in a boxing match. The, it was like the ultimate source of reality TV without being reality TV. And I don't think I've seen a slap like that since Wow against uh, the situation, maybe in season two or season one of the Jersey Shore. I, I, I don't think we'll ever get a moment like that again. And when I, I, I don't think I'm speaking in hyperbole when I say that was the most significant pop culture moment between celebrities ever. Do you think you can think of another one that could kind of rival that one, let alone Taylor the Swift, Oscar Kanye. stage? Ooh, Taylor Swift, Kanye is a great one. Ricky Flicks, that rivals it. Not, but but yeah. it, that, that that did not result in a physical assault and a potential arrest. That's the only argument against it. It was the beginning of Kanye's like craziness, though. That's when he started. That's that could be the moment on the timeline, that turning point in his life yes. where you started to notice this guy is. Uh, he's got a screw loose. He's got a screw loose and talk about having screws loose. We're going to go over the losers of the Academy Awards today, even though Will Smith takes away the golden statue, right? For best actor should have been the highlight of his career. The peak of the mountain for him. He still somehow somehow ends up as the loser of the night. Uh, I do need to say Ricky Flex was hilarious because we were driving back from Long Island. What from uh, going to the Islanders game? Beautiful, beautiful arena brand new right next to Belmont park. But as uh, we were driving home, I was getting out of the car and Ricky flick says, yeah, we'll record on Monday night. Uh, if something big happens, uh, maybe we'll record right after the Oscars, but me and Ricky had a heck of a weekend, a heck of a weekend. And the one thing that would keep us to actually record, we couldn't muster up the energy for the sake of content. I need to apologize. I'm going to put it on myself for not contacting Ricky flicks. He's going hand up. I, I think it's more on me. It's just, this is something I said, yes, we will do. And when we had the most Oscar, the most significant Oscar moment in history, people were asking where were the driving podcast. People were asking and people were asking where was the uh, pre uh, preview show. Our red really? show. Damn. It was a, uh, it was a miss on all fronts. It was a miss, but this episode we're bouncing back. We're bouncing back. We had a gambling preview blog that yep. got a lot of hits. So I know a lot of you listeners were definitely read that. But we're bouncing back starting right now. But thinking but, about it now, like there's a reason why we're trying to build up the YouTube here, Ricky Fox. We got some great stuff on the YouTube. This episode will be on YouTube. And the fact that we already had our predictions on that show, you could have seen it anytime. We promoted the crap out of it. If you still want to see an electric podcast, I'd recommend going back and seeing how our predictions ended up panning out. Uh, we did okay. We did okay. We both had our hits and misses. And uh, I mean, if we want to talk about positives, we'll get into the winners. But the fact that we had Coda, Coda, you had Coda, didn't you? You had uh, for best picture. We were both at Power of the Dog. So I said that I wanted to pick Coda because, but I just thought Power of the Dog, like 12 Oscars versus three. 
Like what? I don't know how Coda Shocking. won on all three of those. Like it's right when I saw the betting odds on Sunday turn negative or turn uh, Dakota to be the prohibitive favorite. I was like, crap, like, is it really going to do this? And that was way after our show, obviously a week after. So I was like, I can't change my prediction, but Coda is going to win this thing. Like it's insane how it won because obviously it's a feel good movie, amazing movie to watch, but critically, like technically speaking, like definitely like probably not the best movie of the year, but that's a common theme with the Oscars common theme green book great example yeah okay but this was definitely a movie i was i was happy that it won best picture because mm. it brought it, it brought a sense of levity to the show that desperately needed it and it seemed like whenever it was taking a wrong turn they could always lean on either one of those three oscar nominations with coda right to pull through and then give us an amazing speech and give us this amazing sense of community within the academy and whoever was at the oscars there that feel good movie of the year so we'll get to the winners today but ricky flex let's start out with the big loser of the night we'll start off with Will Smith, a man who was walking into the Oscars, a prohibitive favorite for best actor, a one that was, as we said before, he was reaching the peak of the mountain, the pinnacle of his career, the peak of his powers. And the fact that he was front and center the entire night, him and Jada Pinkett Smith, right? No matter who was presenting, they were smack dab in the front, no seat fillers for Will Smith, star of the show, baby. And what happens? Chris Rock steps up to the mic. For the best documentary feature. What, so bringing attention to a lesser known category here. As you know, Chris Rock, stand up savant going up there. Hitting a little shade at Jada Pickett-Smith for her haircut. Uh, she suffers from uh, a hair loss condition. Maybe he wasn't aware of the time, but he makes the G.I. Jane 2 joke. Will Smith laughs at first. Laughs at the joke on camera. But then you see the shaking of the head from Jada Pinkett Smith. And you got to think the camera starts to pan back to Chris Rock. What happens in that moment? Probably Will Smith, when he's not on camera, looks back at Jada Pinkett Smith, says that she is, notices that she is uncomfortable with the joke. He stands up. He approaches Chris Rock. And what everyone thinks is a little bit of a, uh, like a, like a, uh, like a horseplay in terms of maybe a bit that's going on. Will Smith takes a swing at Chris Rock and connects. I haven't seen a punch like that from Will Smith or connection like that since Ali. Since Ali. He nails him. Chris Rock, hands behind the back, does not stagger one bit. And then we have Will Smith sit, sit down, start swearing, saying to keep his wife's name out of Chris Rock's mouth, and Chris Rock just in... A, a wide open gasp saying, okay, dude, let's get to the Oscar. And he kind of fumbled the bag a little bit afterwards, but viewers at home, we had this situation where things are getting censored. We don't know exactly what's happening. And that's where the internet broke. The internet absolutely snapped in half during this moment and led to one of the most culturally significant moments of the history of the internet and the history of pop culture. So, uh, Ricky Flex, what was your reaction upon seeing this event uh, happen live and unfold in front of your eyes? When Chris Rock make, made the joke, <clears throat> I thought borderline below the belt. But then again, it's the Oscars. Like anything could happen. And 
Chris Rock is Chris Rock. Like, this is what he does. Like, this is what he does. Jada and Will Smith caught a little heat in the opening monologue from uh, Amy Schumer. So it wasn't like the first joke against them for the night. So she just must have had it. And Will Smith protecting his wife, who they are very public about their issues. And that's kind of to their, this is their, like kind of their fault. Their own downfall. That they're man. so public about their like toxic relationship. Not toxic, but maybe a little toxic. So, but when Will Smith is freaking storming the stage, you're thinking it's a bit. You got Chris Rock yelling, oh, Richard, like not even using Will Smith. He said Richard. Because he, <laughs> he Richard. thought it was a fit. He thought like, oh, he's going to do like improv with me. I thought he was going to do a swing over the top and like just like yeah. do a, f- a couple fake gut punches and stuff like that. Maybe a shove. Right. Nothing. But like, and then when he swung at him, I was like, this has to be a bit. But then you see Chris Rock's like shock. Audio and then cut. The audio cut. But then you they get the screen back to Will Smith. You know, like you could read his lips saying what you said, but then you see Lapita Nyong's face, the shock in her face from what's going on. And then you know, then you know it's then it's not a bit like this is like very real. And then obviously the Australian slash Japanese versions of the show got released, and then all hell broke loose on the internet. And the most awkward award show of all time, most awkward show, most awkward moment, maybe like that must have been insanely awkward in that room. Insanely awkward, even for the audience once we figured out what was happening. But what was what made it extremely awkward is that you knew Will Smith was about to take the stage in about 20 minutes (laughs) to receive an Oscar, his first ever Oscar. And then people were wondering, it was the most highly anticipated Oscar speech that's ever been given. And Ricky Flex, I got to tell you, this might be my least favorite Oscar speech of all time. Based on, the, based on the circumstance, he tried to kind of curb it in terms of a way of reflecting on the actions he just took, but calling himself a protector of his family and a vessel of love after you just potentially might get arrested for assaulting Chris Rock. I was literally cringing. He didn't even not say even sorry. I was, he said sorry to the Academy. How do you not apologize to Chris Rock there? You can think about the hosts in past years. Think about Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes, the way he attacked certain celebrities. I mean, honestly, what Chris Rock said, obviously, is a bit offensive when you take into context, like the condition that Jada Pinkett Smith has. But maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't. You know, people don't keep tabs on everyone. But when you live that public of a lifestyle and you see like everything is happening between the Red Table Talks, Will Smith, (laughs) his wife caught up in entanglement with her son's friends. I think this is also more about the masculinity of Will Smith. Like, I have to do but, something here. But you could like, say it's not masculine at all because he basically was laughing at the joke and then he got forced to go up there. Yes, you could but say. I think he got forced because he actually looked at Jada Pinkett Smith and he said, like, wow, yeah. like, she's upset by this. And what is the reaction going to be on social media? How do how is Will Smith already perceived by the wider public that maybe aren't aware of like what he did in the late 90s, early 2000s? He's known as the guy on the red table talk with the meme, the crying meme. It's the most famous crying meme other than Jordan, right? Yeah. It's got to be up there, man. So it's like he's reflecting on the fact that he's kind of looked at as soft. And it's him stepping up to the plate at that moment and then laying hands on Chris Rock for disrespecting his wife. He looks at it as as like a sense of pride for him, you know? And it's something a way where he can – it's really cringe to like think about, but you got to think that's kind of – it's got to be going through his mind on the biggest stage here. He's like, once again, am I going to let someone disrespect my wife 
for the world to see. And he decided to do something about it. And uh, at a, it's if this was at the Golden Globes, I think it have a, have a little less heat to it. But the fact that it was at the Oscars, well, of, that's a another ceremony thing. of such prestige, and that is of such like, it seems like it's so beneath it to have such a physical, have a physical assault, <laughs> a physical assault, and just having that happen, everyone was just in a gasp, jaw dropping well, awe. What were you gonna say? Sorry. No, and I think it also plays to the Oscars setup here. Like you made it like a Golden Globe setup. They had it was at the Dolby Theater, right? It what it wasn't at like the old style when you have like the movie theater style seats. You had the tables. You had yep. the tables that allowed this open landscape here and that that Golden Globes feel, you know, like you had that. And you had that like openness to it. You did. Are you are you are you blaming this assault? <laughs> On the setup of the tables at the Academy Awards. I personally love it because you can have some navigation between those hosting, between those presenting. I thought it was kind of cool. No, I, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying you could definitely, it definitely felt less like what you just said, prestigious. Because you just kept thinking the Golden Globes every time they showed the audience. That's what I felt. That's why I didn't like last year's as much either. And I didn't like how the host was going around like that. Like Amy Schumer, another loser of the night. Our plump boy is dunce. Absolute a seat filler. She's nominated for an award for God's sake. Put some respect. Put some respect on Mary Jane Watson's name. We're putting respect. We're calling seat fillers the two Oscar nominated actors actors this year. Like what? Like the rights on Amy Schumer to do this, but it's because of the setup. The setup allowed this. You are blaming this mishap and this disrespect towards our favorite actors and also this physical assault on the setup of the Oscars. Not the, not the assault, but it does, like 5%, <laughs> had that accessibility. Five, 5% is on that. If Will Smith was in like the third row in a regular setting, well, does not. he get up? Does he get up? He does I'm not like, get up. up. He has to jump he over does Leonardo not. DiCaprio and he has to jump over all these other guys. Who also took a shot it. tonight? The fact that he was in pole position, pole position. They were begging him to jump up on stage with this setup. Um, but I did, Ricky, I did read that uh, Amy Schumer actually just posted something regarding the curse and Dunstan. Yes, yes, It was did. cringy. And she said it actually was planned. Like she did communicate with Kirsten Dunst that this was going to happen. Oh. It's just a little, it's still, even that they planned that out to pick Kirsten Dunst right in that situation. So beloved by audiences, it means so much to both obviously comic book fans like us as our Mary Jane Watson, my first ever crush, not a big deal, but someone that means so much and to kind of like call her quote unquote, a seat filler. It's just disrespectful, just disrespectful no matter what, you know what I mean? incredibly disrespectful but if we go back to the will smith thing here for a second oh, yeah, yeah let's get back on task well it's also crazy okay so we mentioned what happened but what happened during the commercial break his publicist publishes publicist whatever pulls him aside tells him basically how to do a speech how to like adjust it tells him to do the speech what you said about protecting his family like richard williams did like, that's crazy. After seeing King Richard, that's disrespectful to the Williams sisters who are right there, who are also losers in the night <laughs> of the night. We'll get to really. it. We'll get to it. Um, in many different ways. But also, Denzel 
Tyler Perry, Bradley Cooper, all consoling him. It's like, dude, this guy just committed a crime. And we're just we're just consoling him, saying, "It's oh my god, you're you're gonna be okay." It's like he like it's like it's like someone just died close to him, and they're like saying sorry. No, this guy is in the this guy guilty. Should have been kicked out, dude. Yeah, like, people are saying that he shouldn't have even been able to present after that. Or what a not pre- present. What a speech. predicament, though. What a predicament because the academy they probably have no idea what to do. They've never seen a moment like this at this level, uh, especially with increasing audiences this year, it's, they're like, okay, this, we were kind of relying on the Will Smith moment to kind of save the Oscars to drive people to come see the Oscars. And then they kind of see this unfold in front of their eyes. They're just like, I think we're just going to let this fly because they know what this means for the internet and potential viewers. Like, I think if this was like 10 years ago and he punched someone like that or open hand slapped them, there's a chance that he just gets kicked out. You know, it seems so beneath the Oscars, right? And what the Oscars represents, symbolizes and everything to have a moment like that and still have Will Smith sit front and center. But you notice the camera didn't really go to him. Like after that moment, it was just all in anticipation of him taking that stage. What is he going to say? And they were hoping the charm of Will Smith was going to save this speech a little bit and save the moment made it worse. It really did. I think this is my least favorite Oscar speech of all time. Ricky Flips all time i I completely agree and it wasn't the only bad speech of the night or not necessarily good speech of the night but this was just terrible terrible yeah so will smith we'll definitely bring him up later on we talk about other losers of the night (laughs) but uh ricky flux let's go into another loser of the night What, what else you got here well real quick another loser here adam mckay we haven't talked about the monologue much but adam mckay huge loser of the night Amy, Amy Schumer, Schumer seems like cool. someone that would have been cast and don't look up. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. You know what but I mean? She literally called him out saying like, no one, like the Academy clearly didn't look at critics reviews of the movie of a best picture nomination. Also screenplay nomination and editing. I don't agree with any of those nominations, but to call him out like that at an award show where he is competing to win at, and was nominated competing to win at these, that's just so embarrassing by Amy Schumer. It wasn't Billy Crystal. It wasn't Chris Rock. who also like, I'm just saying like, the, like Amy Schumer could become at that status maybe one day, but not nearly the status wow. of them right now. That's bold. <laughs> I know. I don't I'm not a particular Amy Schumer fan, but for her to call you out is bad. Like you know that what? is w- so bad. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. If Amy Schumer actually came back to host because the 56% increase from this year. And they'd be like, okay, maybe she was a part of like the reason why like the viewership went up. Maybe people love to hate to watch her. You know what I mean? But I didn't think, at, I didn't think the monologue was that bad. I didn't see it. I, I, I know, but I, I, I rewatched. So like, Mail it wasn't that bad. Leo got called out. Leo. He said, oh, like, I oh, saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Doing great to save the world for his girlfriends. Yeah. But, um, and also at the end, I thought she was good too. As, and her final thing she said, which was like uh, saying like, oh, like, what happened here? Cause like ever since, cause she was, did the Spider-Man bit, but she wasn't seen for like an hour and a half until the very end of the show. So it was good. She spin zoned it very well saying like, Oh, I don't know what happened here. Why is it so awkward in this room? I thought that was hilarious. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast and uh, he had Jimmy Kimmel on 
and oh, Jimmy uh, Kimmel, I would have been good because his because he's hosted multiple Oscars and he's had he was there for the Moonlight situation, which arguably was the lowest point in the Oscars history or like the most significant cultural <laughs> moment in terms of Before this- like egregious mistakes that were made. So he could sort of relate to what was happening here. And he said that if I was the host of the Oscars during that moment, I would want the mic back immediately after Will Smith's mistake because right. These, a lot of times the jokes being made, you can write out as many as you want. What's going to get the biggest laughs is the responses to in the moment type of events. Yes. So what would Amy Schumer have said if she came up to the mic directly after Chris Rock and Will Smith had their like snafu? That would have been fascinating to see. It could have brought a moment of levity and could have brought maybe the funniest moment in history of the Oscars. Bring up After Earth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, she was yeah. like the sequel to Ali has officially been greenlit. It would have been great. But uh, I just I just think of like the moments that could have been as a result of it. Like there's a reason why this person's hosting hosting. You think they have great comedic chops. Imagine like Regina Hall stepping up saying something. She was kind of oh, like that's another thing. She was kind of like the wild card of the group. I didn't necessarily like her. Uh, but I thought that uh, she might have been someone good to like break up this situation and kind of bring that levity to it. Cause I don't think she necessarily was a good fit as an Oscar host. I, I didn't like her. I didn't like Wanda Sykes. I didn't like the bits, the museum bit I thought was awful. A new Oscars museum that you're trying to get people to. You're going to say how much it sucks. That's how we're going to promote this brand new museum that you spent millions of dollars on. Great pitch producers. You guys are geniuses. Like they are just so bad at their job. They're awful. Like right. these bits were awful. Like last night, they were terrible. So in talking about like the winners and losers, I had the Oscars as a winner of the evening just because of the 56% audience increase and like the notoriety that it got because people were kind of out on the Oscars until this moment after the Will Smith slap heard around the world. Everyone's like, I'm kind of back in on the Oscars, but if that slap slap doesn't happen, this show might be a failure. It might be a failure, right? Yeah. You get the most like it was boring. We had the 10 million viewers last year with lesser known films. We got wider known films this year. Okay. And you got the Oscar fan vote that came in. You got like major superhero movies making a comeback. Marvel making a comeback. The Academy Awards. We got Zack Snyder, which we'll talk about making uh, a notable appearance at the Academy Awards. But it just felt that the Academy could not shake the fact that they are just so cringeworthy with a lot of their, their sketches. And there could have been some amazing moments here when you talk about the Godfather's 50th anniversary. No had, of the night. And, and like having the fact that Francis Ford Coppola shows up with De Niro Pacino and for what should be an electric moment, but you don't even let De Niro Pacino talk. You just let And Francis it's right Ford after it's the, it's right after the Will Smith. It's the and next then, thing after it, Will Smith. Punk and slap. it's cringy. And like you're setting it's like some modern day hip hop. Right. It's just like it doesn't really oh. fly. But then also you have moments like, I mean, it feels like we've had 20 bond anniversaries at the Oscars. You know, it's <laughs> just like, OK, years. like every 10 years, we're just going to keep on doing this. But then also thinking about uh, Pulp Fiction. I love seeing these reunions that were happening. Right. In terms of, but I don't like the cringeworthiness of Travolta and Uma Thurman dancing like that for too long of amount of time, you know? Yeah. Way and also too long. just not being very creative with the jokes. Like Samuel L. Jackson, just ad lib it, dude. Just do something else because what they're writing is not going to be great for you. And then finally, like you have like the reunions. Like, why is White Men Can't Jump getting an Oscar reunion? 
What is happening right now? I know they just had the reboot announced with Jack Harlow, but like, is there any, does anyone care about a white man can't jump remix? I saw like beforehand, they're talking about Rosie Perez. Like, oh, it's her first return to the Oscar in 30 years. I mean, who was asking to see Rosie Perez, dude? Who? Who? The Oscars, another loser of the night is old Hollywood. Hollywood struggled or they just shouldn't have been on. They weren't physically able to. That's a, that's a shot at Liza Minnelli. Like she's obviously suffering. Like she, she, they should not have put her in that position. They put her in a bad place. That she was had a rehearsal. Right. Like that was just not, not. Let's see if she can. They talk. did not prepare her, or like that was just not right what they did. Like it wasn't at all. That Anthony Hopkins was awkward. He was very weird. He I didn't seem natural up there. I was shocked. Yeah, someone that it was like, very maybe weird. It was too big for the moment, and then he like start makes that comment towards Will Smith. I'm just like, dude, let it go. Do yeah, not, do not uh, say it. I will say I did like the Kevin Costner like kind of acceptance speech, but he's the presenter. But it's like that's not the place, bro. Like, like what are thinking, we doing? Before Kevin Costner got up there, he was probably thinking in his head, like, I gotta, yeah, save, I gotta, shit. I gotta save this thing. Everyone needs to hear from Kevin Costner. You know, he's like everyone <laughs> has to hear from, uh, from what's his name? What's his name in the show? Roy? Is it Roy? What's what's his damn name in the show? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But uh, he was basically playing himself in Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he was doing. I was like, dude, what, like, what, like, uh, this is the Oscars, first of all. And you're like making a callback to like kind of like the show. I mean, you could do Dance yeah. the Wolves and make a connection there. But like, it just and, fell off. Fell yeah. Down. And then like we talked about Francis Ford Coppola and The Godfather, the honorary Oscars. They just said at the end, Amy Schumer goes, oh, shout out Samuel Jackson and Danny Glover for winning the honorary Oscars. You didn't even do anything except that call used them to out. Be massive. Yeah. Used to be like a 10 minute like, segment, huge speech. Nothing. Yeah. And like the fact, like the fact, like the Oscars is so white and it's two prominent uh, black men oh, in man. Hollywood, Bad like look. terrible look. Like literally they, the producer, I think the Oscars were losers huge losers of the night like this slap honestly you could save say them. it was a like it did save them but this is the second least watched oscars even with the slap not good this isn't good streaming could save them to get more people to watch movies in general and then actually watch the oscars and then maybe after seeing the slap you could say oh things might get crazy at the oscars but that's like a golden globes mindset and what happens with the golden globes we didn't even have a broadcast this year so We'll just get back to that and get even worse than where we are. Can't right. be doing that. Speaking of, uh, you talk about streaming services, another big loser of the night has got to be Netflix. And we'll combine this with the power of the dog. Power <laughs> of the dog, Ricky Flex. You know how many Oscar nominees it had? 12. 12. You know how many it won? One. One. One Oscar win for the power of the dog. And that was for the inevitable best director for Jane Campion. Got nominated for four acting awards, came away with zero. Zilch. Okay, cinematography score empty handed. We talk about Netflix making this push right uh, in the Oscar realm and uh, seeing Apple TV come away as a big winner for tonight with Coda winning best picture, best supporting actor. I mean, Netflix has got to be crushed. They've been working for nearly a decade now on these type of films. And it seems like Netflix, what kind of films are they trying to make They you see films like the Adam project that come out right and red notice. Like they want to just get as many eyeballs on the screen as possible. But then you have like the power of the dog trying to be this critical, uh, critical powerhouse. You know, it seems like they are just dipping their hands in too many categories right now, too many potential types of films. And it seems like 
they're not really pulling it off right now. Like Apple TV, they kind of went in on just making these like prestigious and crist- like critically acclaimed type of like projects. And it seems like it worked out for them. And like the, basically the first year they were eligible or second year they were eligible. So it was just uh, interesting to see Apple TV enter the fold streaming service game, win an Oscar so early, first streaming service movie to win uh, Best Picture. So what are your thoughts on Netflix kind of floundering here and then Apple TV on the rise? You basically said it here. It's quality over quantity here at the Oscars. It's Netflix's model. You get your brights, you get your Adam projects, you get your red notices, and then you get your power of the dogs, your Romas, your Manks. But Apple TV, they're not looking for the Adam project. They might have some bad or lesser, no, lesser crit- critically acclaimed shows on Apple TV Plus, but they still like, get like recognition at the Emmys or um, like they try, like they're not bad, like purposely bad projects like they are trying for that quality and netflix like they have the highest turnover rate of any like uh streaming service they have so many one and done shows one season and they're canceled they just throw money around like it means nothing apple is actually trying to build something yep and this is clearly a huge huge loss for netflix who's probably the biggest loser of the night besides will smith i would say like like you said, they worked so hard for this. They spent billions of dollars. And what, what what's in their future now? They have a Red Notice franchise. They have more action franchises like the Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling's, Ana de Armas uh, uh, franchise coming here. Gray Man. The Gray Man. They're going more into action than quality. So it looks like this is just going to continue. And Netflix, like, they're not getting into sports, which is an easy easy customer acquisition where you can get free subscribers basically like they because you have loyal fans to these sports teams that will automatically subscribe to your to your streaming service if you play their teams netflix is the only streaming service with hbo max but hbo max has a historical catalog and they own their properties that isn't getting the sports apple tv is getting into sports there's rumors they might get Sunday ticket but right now they just have the mlb and they're trying to get more you have Hulu, you have hockey and all the ESPN pro- uh, properties there, a lot of sports there. There, Peacock, you have obviously the Olympics, soccer, and more. It's just huge opportunity here for Netflix. Quality over quantity still wins. And guess what? Next year, it's even harder for them because Killers you know what? the Films flower cover- moon, bro. Scorsese, Leo Apple De Niro TV might win back to back best pictures, dude. <laughs> It's not good for Netflix, man. This is awful for them. And more people after seeing Coda win Best Picture, what always happens after a movie wins Best Picture, particularly one that isn't like very well known, more people see it. So how do you see it? You only have to see it on Apple TV. If you don't already have Apple TV because you, you don't want Ted Lasso, now you will. And then you're going to watch Ted Lasso. Like it's, it's just going to be a never-ending cycle here. You got to think that Netflix is really going to pay attention to Apple TV's numbers the next two months. Because looking at this strategy, how they're going in with filmmakers like Steven Spielberg and David Fincher, right, creating projects for Netflix, is it worth it? Let's see what the streaming numbers will look like for like uh, Apple TV with the best picture win with Coda. Uh, so I think they're going to be paying attention there, and it's going to really direct how they're going to 
go go on with the future of their business, right? We're gonna say, Ricky. And like they had Scorsese before, you know, they had him for the Irishman. They had him. Yeah. And they have all these other great directors, Fincher, who's still desperately looking for an next Oscar here. They have Spielberg, but look at what happened with Spielberg this time around. And he made an amazing movie. It's just going to get tougher here. The competition is bigger than it's ever been with these streaming services. This is what Hollywood is now is with streaming and Netflix is now, I won't say behind, but they definitely are not like the perennial leaders anymore. And you think about like Netflix recruiting talent, all right, gaining IP, but how much is that worth when it comes to the Oscars anymore? What would we just see with Coda? What do we just see with Coda? No big name Oscar, no big name actors. Okay, not a big name director. Yet it came away with a best picture win over names like Denny Villeneuve, over names like Steven Spielberg, right? Having over Jane Campion, right? They, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro, like Oscar winner. It's not as much about the names anymore. Right. There's just so much different content out here. And there's so many like young and also creative minds within the like the business that it's almost like we're just looking for the best pieces of art rather than the most recognizable pieces of art or recognizable um artists to be correlated with good art. You know what I mean? So it's just like the fact that we had Cody here, it feels like a game changer. It really does. Uh and then going on with other losers here, Ricky Flex, Paul Thomas Anderson, our boy. Loser of the night, one of the losers. Okay, uh, he didn't spin zone. I believe, I believe, only nominated for three Oscars, right? Paul Thomas Anderson's director, pizza. writing, best picture. So only nominated for three, comes away with zero. But PTA, obviously, not, uh, not maybe not one of his most promoted films, and not ones that had a, that had a great chance at winning. But the fact that he now has what eleven nominations and still has yet to have an Oscar win, you got to be uh, itching to see what he could come out with next. And uh, if that project will be more um, less idiosyncratic, less personal, but rather one that the Academy would find more appealing because this dude deserves an Oscar. It just sucks that we're not, we're not, we haven't gotten it yet. It seems like his time will come though. It's clear that he needs a big star in his next movie. Cause I think that's what held licorice pizza back here, particularly with the advertising and promotion of this movie. He didn't have the, the stars as the lead actors and actresses of this movie so that made it tough, made it tough for people to see it because people want to see the stars on the big screen. You didn't, and this wasn't streaming anywhere. Tough, but spin zone. What did I just say? You need the biggest stars in your movie to win an Oscar. Maybe Kodo just proved that wrong, but maybe for Paul Thomas Anderson. The nominations. Do we bring back Daniel Day-Lewis? Do we bring him back? Can you bring him back? Like Unretire. This is Brett like Tom Brett Brady, Favre this coming thing. back. Brett, Brett Favre. That would be amazing. Whatever Paul Thomas Anderson does is going to be, I won't say it's the best movie he's ever done because I don't think it's possible, but it's, I would bet so much money on that movie to win an Oscar. He's going to come back with like ferocity. His, his, you see Belfast beat him for original screenplay, and he that basically won because it's Kenneth Branagh's. He's due for an Oscar. His probably last chance he'll ever get one, and it's his personal story. His personal story beat Paul Thomas Anderson's personal story. He's gonna take offense to that. I just think like he didn't have this one in line for like oscar acclaim like his other films it felt like because we are we mm-hmm. talked about the promotion like the trailer came out the movie came out a month later in limited theaters like it didn't have 
the buildup like his other movies have. Like we didn't even know the name of the movie until like this. We had a hint of it in the summer. We're like, is it called right. Licorice Pizza? We thought it was called something else. Like we just we didn't know what the title was going. Doggy to be. Bottom. Doggy Bottom. Be- we just didn't know what it was going to be, and it's just okay. And then it's here, but it's Paul Thomas Anderson, so it's got it's going to be good, and it's going to be an Oscar nominated movie. But is it going to have the pull that these other movies that he's had? I've had at the Oscars, you know, it just didn't think, think like uh, didn't seem like it was there. Uh, also, Ricky Flux, we brought up this, the popularity and streaming services, the, how huge it is for Coda, an Apple TV film to win best picture. It's got to be this is a loser for us as movie theaters. Loser for us in movie theaters. When you think about the movies that came out, did not win. Uh, there was a lot of best picture nominees that were available on streaming. When you look at Don't Look Up, Power of the Dog. And then we have uh, basically the theatrical experiences. Look at. Oh, Dune also. Uh, Worst performers. Dune also streaming, but also in theaters, the, the hybrid type of release. Um, uh, I was going to say Dune. Was Nightmare like, Alley. West Side Story. West Side Nightmare Story. Alley. Like all just seemed like they were they never really had a shot at Licorice Best Picture. Pizza. Licorice Pizza. It just seemed like they were on the outside looking in compared to these streaming movies, which is like shocking and shows a turning of the tide. Right. Any thoughts on our movie theaters kind of getting shut down here? That's what it is. Belfast. Belfast also. And like they were the worst performers out of the best pictures, probably besides Belfast winning an original screenplay. And I felt like, like again, that was just a Kenneth Branagh has to get an Oscar at some point. His life's been nominated eight times. He's got to get one similar to Paul Thomas Anderson in the future, but he just makes more quality a lot more frequently than Kenneth Branagh. Death on the Nile. Perfect example. Um, yeah, no, it's sad. Um, I will say movie theaters are still like, they always will be relevant superhero movies events just big events you know movie theaters will always be that and i'm not it's like it's not the death of the movie theaters it's just it sucks that literally everything that won tonight was available being streaming like that can't be good it felt like a turning of the tide dude it really did and uh it's the fact that we're not going to be able to see cinema in cinemas anymore that's sad it looks like that's coming yeah. To a to a head here. And it seems like all these like great cinema like filmmakers, these directors are now hitting streaming services. We talked about Fincher, we talked about Spielberg, we talked about Scorsese, right? Jane Campion, right? These guys, they're all they're all in streaming now because they noticed that's the medium that people want to see. So I just had to bring that up. I don't want to get sad on us right here. Those movies just don't make as much money at the box office anymore. They just don't. It's all um, action movies and superhero movies, blockbusters. So those movies don't get win Oscars as clearly shown with the fan votes. Like the, none of those movies were nominated for an Oscar except for visual effects. So it's just like all the movies that we're going to see here at the Oscars will be streaming. So good thing for the Oscars, I guess. More people see your movies. Hopefully they see the show. Bad for movie theaters. And you, t- you brought up the superhero movie aspect. We do have to talk about the Twitter fan vote here, and we'll go into some winners of the night. Low-key, Zack Snyder dominated the Oscars, dude. Low-key, he- when you go to the Oscar cheers moment, <laughs> the Flash entering the Speed Force, I could see all the streaming fans. Like, like, yes, it wasn't even – technically wasn't even a movie. Same with Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah. But like the fact that you had the Oscar cheers moment, you could be, you could, you could just imagine the Snyder ads like, like waiting for this one award, right? Tailgate and and then going inside for this one moment at the Academy Awards, and then being a being absolutely elated at the fact that 
Zack Snyder was getting recognized on the biggest stage possible for Zack Snyder's Justice League, a movie that debuted the original Justice League in 2017, five years ago. To have this like Oscar cheers moment available, and that was like of all time. It wasn't just like uh, last year. The Twitter van vote, like number five, was like Neo dodging bullets. Number they like Dream Girls mixed in there. I have no idea how the hell that was in there. The Spider Man team up was number two. Dude, the Johnny Depp End game was number three. The Johnny Depp. How did the Oscars? I'll talk about them screwing up. How did they not recognize that this was going to happen when you left this it up to online fandom? Online there, fandom. We so all I, knew this would happen. We all knew. We said it. We knew either Snyderverse out of touch or Spider Man No Way Home. We're gonna win these awards. We knew it. Yeah, the Oscars somehow the producers are just that stupid. That's why the Oscars are the losers of the night. They're just they so out of. They're so out of it. That how like the, the fact that you left this up to a hashtag like the king and the hashtag are the Snyderheads, you know, the <laughs> yes. Snyder cult. They 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 basically invented like the Hollywood hashtag. So Zack Snyder, it was kind of hilarious to see him get this moment, and it's hilarious to think about like the moment the Snyder cult had in their own homes but also the the lackluster reaction from like those in the crowd because i would bet maybe three percent of the crowd had, had seen to Zack snyder's justice league and that includes like, like jason momo who's like in the movie he probably saw it along with probably i don't know who else was in it that was there <laughs> like but affleck wasn't there probably Cavill Willem wasn't, there, wasn't probably. there and yet you didn't Nicole have kidman <laughs> Nicole kidman was she was she in it Maybe she saw well, Aquaman. I don't know. No idea. She definitely like, didn't see it. It was though. just hilarious to see like on Twitter, how it exploded. It was like such a big deal and people, it was very polarizing, obviously. Army of the dead winning best moment, but also just like the, basically this the entering the speed force and everybody's sitting there is like, what the hell's happening right now? What? And they didn't even know that moment even existed and seeing like the <laughs> Spider-Man, like being number two there, Andrew Garfield was nominated. Like, he's like, what the hell is happening right now? How the hell is Marvel not winning this category? Like this seemed like it was built for Marvel to gain recognition for Marvel movies at the biggest stage. But it ends up being Zack Snyder in a director's cut that actually gets all the shine. God damn. Director's Kevin, cut, Kevin baby. Feige just punching the ceiling right now. Punching the ceiling. Creative filmmakers. That's the winner of the night. Getting what you want. No, but in all honesty, how dumb is that? They can't do that again. And the they fact can't. like that Zack Snyder wasn't there to accept it or anything. Like, it seemed like Zack like, should oh, have had it That's there. another thing. That's another thing how dumb the Oscars recognized is. recognized twice. Twice. You got recognized twice at the Oscars. Guess what you get? That was your award, is you having your little clip shown. That was the award. Yet They said like an honorary moment. That was the honorary moment. It was equal footing for all the top five. You couldn't give him That's, anything. Like, he doesn't get a statue or anything, you know? It just felt like, obs- yeah, no. we, we decided to like, it's like, it, it felt really condescending. We're like, yeah, we just yes. made sure that we showed a clip of your movie. So therefore, you should be happy. You when know? They, Oh, gr- good thing the Oscars did this year. Say something good about the Oscars. They brought back Oscar clips for the best picture. That yes. was cool. I like that. Loved it. I, I did like the clips overall. They picked great ones this year too. They were a little more extended compared to what they usually yeah. are. The parallel mothers they, one was bad, but yes. A lot of times they struggle picking like the moment, you know, and then they, it's just like lackluster. And then they show their yeah. faces of the actors. And they're like, yeah, that kind of like wasn't the best moment, but this year they did a pretty good job selecting it. Other winners of the night, Dune, freaking Dune. Six Oscar wins, most of any movie. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, disrespectful in the fact that he wasn't nominated for Best Director. But I think it was just, it was shown throughout the night that it was such an egregious mistake not to nominate him. It really thought- was. For no acting nominations and all these technical categories, what an achievement. 
like Dune was. And uh, we talked about how hard it was to adapt a move, a, a book that so many people had tried to before. When you talk about David Lynch, you talk about the minis, the, the series that came out for a lot of viewers when they were kids, like that tried to be adapted. I just think uh, it was great to see Dune racking up awards at the beginning of the night, even though it wasn't shown on screen. And it goes to show like Dune part two, this could be the moment for Denny. And this could be the moment for Dune. We're looking I- at maybe the favor for best picture a couple of years from now. Yeah, no doubt. I think this set it up perfectly for just a Lord of the Rings, Return of the King type run for Danny oh, yeah. and Dune. This was perfect for him. This was like a similar vibe to Mad Max Fury Road a little bit, Ooh. I would say. Um, even though George Miller, like he did, I think he did win for best director. So, um, so I guess not completely, but um, didn't win best picture though. But uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say this definitely set up dune for best picture so that's winner for dune but i also say oscars another loser another loser proof that it's a loser you have the most popular movie probably nominated here uh well especially know what home was on visual effects but i guess like box office success one of the biggest box office success of the year one of the most streamed movies of the year and you don't put the awards that they're nominated for in the show but you kind of do because you make it you like portrayed it like you snuck in the acceptance speeches and you snuck it into the show to make it act like it's live but it's not and it's obvious that it's not but it's like they tried to make it seem like it was was sketchy the entire night terrible and another thing is that jason momoa and josh brolin all eight awards that were pre-recorded they were the hosts and presenters for every single one of them and they only showed it showed them once those are two massive show. movie stars. Yeah. Massive that you're like, like not there were so many, screen. Yeah, so many questionable presenters. You showed during, Jacob Alordi from Euphoria, who seemed with like Rachel he was Zegler. A, he was a stand-in. He was like, he was like, this is what Ansel Elgort, every role that Ansel Elgort was going to have. Jacob Alordi is the guy who's going to get it now because the Oscars. Yes. Said, yeah, you look just like him. <laughs> yes. Literally, she, when, she, I was, when I said that she was for Rachel Zegler, it's like you're literally making us think about this. You're right. making us think about it. So it's, again, the Oscars, terrible planning, awful. Like, why aren't we having the biggest movie stars or biggest people, like, presenting awards? Who's, like, the most talked about? Like, if you look at the top 10 things that were talked about last night, it was, like, obviously Will Smith, Chris Rock, Jada. But then after that, who was next? Andrew Garfield. (laughs) Oh, okay. But people that were actually at the Oscars last night. Andrew Garfield. Why is he presenting an award? There's three Spider-Men. How did the three Spider-Men not present an award together? Toby McGuire, That's a great idea, Doctor Garfield, Tom Holland. Do you want to talk about getting eyeballs? Having those three show up would have been amazing. Who was in? Who was in the most movies this year? Willem Dafoe. Put him out there. <laughs> was even a Zendaya. Probably. Yeah, probably. Eh, you never know. Zendaya, I'm get her right. out there. Zoe Kravitz was on there, but it was with Jake Gyllenhaal. No offense to Jake, but like Robert Pattinson, where are you at? You're the Batman, the hottest movie in America right now, Dude. everywhere. Get Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz together on the stage. They dominated the press tour. Everyone's talking about how great they look together. Or guess what the two hottest movies were the last two weeks at the box office? Dog, Lost City. Get Channing Tatum with Zoe Kravitz. They're a couple on the stage together. What are we doing? Let's think Why better about this. Why did we have this. P. Diddy introduce Francis Ford Coppola, Al Pacino, <laughs> and Robert De Niro? What is P. Diddy doing? And he was the one that was introducing him after the fallout of the Will Smith incident. <laughs> what, what are we doing? How did you not have someone else? Maybe you should have done like 
maybe someone who has a relationship with De Niro or Pacino, like introducing them or something. Robert Duvall. He did he? He did he? Sean you know, Combs. I just said that. Yeah. This makes no sense. Um, let's go. Losers. Uh, last uh, big winner of the night, Jessica Chastain. Good for her, dude. I felt so happy for her. She looked amazing. Uh, she, she seemed like she was like glowing, you know, and she seemed like she had, uh, it was, a, it was maybe not her, obviously not her best performance. I love her in Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, she's, she's a great uh, number of other films she was nominated for. But uh, uh, Eyes of Tame Fame, not her best film, maybe not even her best performance. But it was great. She got her shine. It felt, it felt like an achievement award. And she said at such a young age, I was a little surprised that they decided to do this so early because you know she's a lot to be nominated at some other point in her career. But it seemed like a really uh, sketchy class for the best actress category, one where there wasn't a clear winner. Let's give it to the one who uh, hasn't been awarded, like a Nicole Kidman, a Penelope Cruz, or an Olivia Coleman. Kristen Stewart is going to, she's younger than any, anyone else there, pretty much. She's going to get nominated again, most likely. So Chastain seemed like the logical choice here. And I just like seeing her have that moment because uh, it felt like Will Smith being. Uh, basically getting rewarded for his years of service, Jessica Chastain putting out such great work for such a long time. She seems like a true like film nerd. I could just see that in her. So I, I'm happy that she got the win here. But what do you think about Chastain winning? Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't even know if it's in her top five performances of all time, but I would definitely say like she deserves an Oscar at some point because of her prior work. So this is like the year to do it. You mentioned that with all the other nominees just seemed like that was okay. Like if you have to pick somebody to, give it to here let's just give it to her because she already should have one okay fine the dress right when i saw her i was like damn that looks like someone that's going to be doing an acceptance speech tonight that's honestly at the red carpet like when i saw it i was like damn like that not like scandalous you know, like, not trying to show off to but anybody. like still looks Regal, great you know belongs at the oscars it sounds stupid but it's true but, but and also i'll say this that sounds stupid but it's true she did a good campaign campaigning matters she kept consistently telling everybody on instagram stories uh insta posts everybody saying and all of her prior acceptance speeches to other award show shows how great the other people were in the in like other nominations nominees were and best actress there were a lot of different nominees at all these different award shows she kept on top of these movies so good for her for that she also recognized the makeup crew costume design tammy faye obviously a huge part of the role Transformation. consistently yeah so consistently like gave them the shout out when they won the oscar earlier in the night she was right there like she campaigned it perfectly throughout the time leading up to the oscars and it did it perfectly oscar night now the speech a little all over the place um hit on kind of almost like too many topics a little bit and then it kind of made her look like she didn't know she was like rambling and I was like, all right, what are we doing here? But at the end of the day, happy for like, I'd say not the greatest movie, but she deserves an Oscar. Awesome. It was weird that the speeches, like they talk about like Amy Schumer wanting to have Zelensky on here. And uh, they just, no one really brought up Ukraine, <laughs> which is like yeah, the biggest. on. Mila Kunis yeah. is there and she didn't talk about it. She talked about that movie that she briefly was in or whatever. She was in like the four days one. Song. Like a nominated yeah. best original song. But it just felt weird that like they love to bring attention to like world events and also domestic issues happening within the country. When it came to like the biggest international 
uh, conflict, violent conflict since like World War II. They decided to just abstain from talking about it completely. It felt like I, I, I didn't mind that. But at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of shocking because what the Oscars the are Oscars. for and these people trying to kind of uh, make basically have an imprint on like the, on these like social issues and international issues. It was just shocking that no one really brought that up. Um, but that's what I got for the winners. Uh, and Ricky Fox, any other losers and takeaways before we jump into uh, our wrap up here of the 94th annual Academy Awards? I think I don't want to bring because we already talked extensively about it, but to bring it back to Will Smith for a second here, you have to like, there's two clear losers. I think from that, that we didn't really talk about one. I would say Venus Williams, the nip slip. That was bad. Like the Oscars broadcast, like didn't know what it was doing. It like cut, it like stopped. They they showed the Oscars uh, logo across the screen, but they kept the audio playing for Will Smith. But then they went back to the broadcast and they clearly Tough showed King Venus Williams. Yeah, it was just like this is during the King Richard highlight, like right here. So like clearly King Richard, Venus, Serena Williams, the Williams family, losers on the night when I should have and they were in the Beyonce video. That was very awkward because Beyonce wasn't there and it was virtual, like that song in the beginning. Yep. But then she had a they were there, tennis court. And it's just like, what is going on? And then the song, like, is you know, the song isn't like like everyone loves Beyonce and Williams, just but like the song's kind of slow and boring. There's a lot of the songs I would say are also losers. Oh. Um, I know what we songs. Talk about, we gotta talk. We gotta talk about Bruno. <laughs> that song's so, that song's not very good, bro. I I I've been holding off from seeing from listening to this song. I listened to it in the moment, and the moment that actually was the best part was the part that's not even in the song. It's the yes. Italian part. When I heard that, I was like, "Damn, that was actually awesome." <laughs> that was that was a good freestyle. That was really good. She I killed heard that. It. I was like, "Damn!" Like that that like when they started like she was talking about the Oscar. I'm like, "There's no way this was in the movie." And uh, I thought that was the best moment. I thought. The other song that was performed from Encanto was better than We Don't Talk About Bruno. I'm, I'm telling you, Encanto is so overrated. And this song, I think, highlighted how overrated this song was. Yeah. It, this performance, I mean, highlighted how bad. song, right? We Don't Talk About Bruno? Yeah, they didn't. That's another thing the Oscars should have done. TikTok. That's how this song got huge. We didn't incorporate TikTok in the Oscars here with that song. This how song is that wasn't most, nominated how is that for an award. Song but in it, Billboard charts. How is that? TikTok, we don't talk TikTok. about Bruno. Like when they're doing that, I'm just like, how is this song like actually catching on? What is happening right now? Like that other song, that dude that with the with the beard that was singing, I'm like, damn, this guy is slaying it right now. That guy murdered. But it. again, like it so the much better than the Bruno song. I would also say the performances in total were losers of the night. You had that one by the I forget what her name, but she's kind of old. Um, and I forget what it was. Oh, I think that was the of uh, the Mila Kunis song. Oh, uh, Reba? Is that Reba? Uh, okay, maybe not. But uh, whatever. Billy Eilish, like, oh, I murdered it. But like, it's still like, I don't know. I don't know why she's not wearing the green hair. Why is she not wearing the green hair? Yeah, yeah, right. Come on, Beyonce. Beyonce wasn't the best situation there. Like no. a lot of these performances were lackluster. You didn't. Whoa, time out. Time out, Ricky. You didn't think Billy Eilish was good last night? I think she was good. I just like, you know, it's just her singing. Like, yo, I want to see a what, show. What, she's not a dancer. Hugh Jackman. It's a Bring James Bond song. You think Adele is dancing during Skyfall? I think Billy Eilish slayed it. Slayed it. I thought it was awesome. Loved it. Okay, man. I, I think she was good. I just, I don't and know. It sounded like, I, great live. 
Like we don't talk about Bruno did not sound as good live as No Time to Die sounded live. That song was electric. I like I after see hearing show. that, I was just like, damn, that is probably a top three Bond song in my opinion. Behind uh Live and Let Die and uh Skyfall. Probably mm. uh, No Time to Die is up there, right? Uh number three for me. Mm. Mm. Interesting. But yeah, okay. I don't know if I agree, but go moving on. I guess I guess another loser from the Will Smith incident. This is gonna be like every time we have an Oscars, you say, Oh, whose Oscars was it? This was supposed to be whoever wins best picture usually wins it. So like this is and like Coda, like he had won three Oscars, the hands, like it was a great moment, great thing for the deaf community. But like Will Smith, this is gonna be the Will Smith Oscars. Yeah, right? It yeah. sucks. But uh, <laughs> it's going to be um but I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it, it's totally going to be. But when people, they think about best picture, when people remember the best picture, the fact that Coda won, right, is a huge Apple. deal. Mm. And Troy Kotzer, we didn't really talk about him too much, but you knew he was going to have an absolute banger of a speech. You knew that he was yeah. going to steal the show when he went up there. Is there any more anyone more likable in the world than Troy Kotzer right now? He and had the I hat on the scally cap. It's mm. only a matter of time before he is going to be introduced. And I, I would say... He was in the Mandalorian season one. I think he was like a soldier or something like that. Mm -hmm. I can see him like being in like a star Wars universe, like production or a Marvel production, something. I, I think his star is like so far on the rise right now. It's absolutely meteoric. And like, everyone's going to want him in their next. He's having like a JK Simmons type start here. You get an Oscar late. So likable. Yeah. Likable start gets his Oscar late. was in a lot of work before, but gets his Oscar later in his life or career. And now he's going to go on a like because he's so likely he's going to go on a rise here. And then speaking of J.K. Simmons, dude, another talking about like tribute to a movie like we didn't really feel, feel necessary. What the heck was Juno? Why why are they showing a a, a tribute to Juno a reunion? Is that the like, Oscars? They're forcing like Elliot Page like to have an appearance like right there. Is that like that's got to be the driving force, right? But who's asking to see a Juno reunion? I just again, it's the Oscar the show that's supposed to honor the Oscars sucks at honoring the Oscars. That's what we do. Uh, the show does. Like it's seriously. They like, the don't same, know how to do it. The same year they give a reunion for Pulp Fiction and The Godfather, which are very much deserving. So they give tributes to white men can't jump. <laughs> and Juno. Like what are we doing? Like why those movies? Like those four. Oh, they and Bond. Like Bond goes with The Godfather Again. and goes with Pulp Fiction. But then you have those other two. It's like. Damn, like, who asked for this? This is why people tune out because, like, man, I don't, like, a lot of people haven't seen Juno. Why would they watch Juno now? It's like, it's there's no point to it. It's it's not, I wouldn't say it's a forgettable movie, uh, but it's one that people just have no reason to return to at this point in time. You know, it just that's feels a good way to put it. So you did, you did a nice spin zone on that. That's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. It's like, honestly, it, it takes, it's a funny movie honestly and uh, it is uh it's just not it's not very rewatchable and it provides a lot of great life lessons but it's not one where man like hey family movie night let's turn on juno <laughs> like it's just like what's going on uh I'll, we we had to make one major decision here ricky flex winners and loser of the night we got to talk about chris rock did he as takeaway here is he a big winner or a big loser of the night or neither hmm I, don't th- I wouldn't say loser. Definitely not I loser. think he's a winner. I, th- I think if anything, he's a winner because it gets him back in like the talk, like 
like no one was talking about Chris Rock. Like this is he's back now, I think. And if anything, it's neutral then because I don't think anyone's talking about how like below the belt the joke was or if it even was. So I think it's a win then. Yo, Netflix is if they're smart, they're signing him to a couple stand-ups. Oh my god. Netflix is that signing be... to a couple stand-ups. But the thing is, like Chris Rock, if he fought, like imagine he just started brawling out against Will Smith on the stage, he would come out as a big loser. But the fact he Agreed. he ate the punch and also didn't stagger. He took the punch, hand behind the back, kept his composure, his response like dude, what is happening right now? And then the fact that he says, yes, I'll keep my, there was a moment where he thought about throwing another joke. Yes. He there did. was a he, moment that he's like, he, cause he said, I'll keep my wife's name out of your mouth. He goes like, okay. And then he's like, well, and he was going to say something else. Yeah. And then he, and then he also said, in. I did a GI Jane joke. Like yes. I could have done so much worse. The if fact you're... that he held back that joke. If he did another last second, like jab, he would come out as a loser. The fact that he held back and he let Will Smith be the absolute loser of the moment, it made him look better. He did not look weak, in my opinion. He took the hit, and then he kind of staggered a little bit. He said, like, okay, and now I got to present the documentary. I mean, the best, like the Oscar for best documentary. He stumbled a little bit. That was his only mistake at that moment, right? If but it shows how real the moment was, though. And he if was honestly, like, it made him vulnerable. Like, it was... Imagine, imagine if someone else was presenting in that moment, bro. If it wasn't Chris Rock, like there's no way Will Smith has to have a relationship prior to with Chris Rock. There's no yeah. way if, like, imagine, I don't know, like, imagine Jake Gyllenhaal was presenting that and somehow made that joke. He's not going to go up and hit Jake Gyllenhaal, but if he has a comfortability. He's going to just walk up to Chris Rock and smack him. You know what I mean? There's got to be a prior relationship there. And imagine if it was a woman who said it, he wouldn't go up and just confront that woman. Like the fact that it was Chris Rock in that moment, it kind of lended to Will Smith taking um, some liberties. So this is, I, so I thought I, I thought I saw this on Twitter yesterday. So Chris Rock hosted the Oscars in 2016. And at, at that Oscars, he said Jada boycotting yep. the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. He was in the monologue, and then he also yes. called out Will Smith for Wow Wow West and saying like yes. he was yes. how because that was the year he's not he he thought he was going to get nominated for concussion and everything. Was this was this uh, situation seven years in the making, six years in the making, Ricky Flex? Yes, That's and I'm looking thing. at this timeline like, dude, like he was in like Chris Rock and uh, Chris Rock and Will Smith. Like Chris Rock made an appearance on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, they co-starred together in a movie, like. They, Chris Rock and Jada Pickett Smith were both in Madagascar. Apparently, like, apparently, P. Diddy said that those two made up afterwards. I don't believe it. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. And he, like, you saw Will Smith did post an apology on a, national, on a national level. Yeah. There's and no like, way we, they're okay already. Yeah. And we already mentioned how, uh, what do you call it, that Chris Rock won't be pressing charges. And like Will Smith just issued an apology uh, Monday night. Saying how also good for Chris Rock, by the way, like him not pressing charges. Also, why he is like a winner. Yeah, this he's like, I don't need this, whatever. Like he, Will Smith is the one who's coming out looking bad out of all of this. Yeah, you know? and people that are saying this sets a dangerous precedent. Like, I don't think so because I think how bad Will Smith looks in here. I don't think anyone's ever going to do something like this again. If anything, there's mock it. 
like fake storm the stage or something if something like this ha- ever happens again. There's gonna no be, one's ever gonna do this again. Like, do you think, Will, the do you think Will Smith will be invited to next year's Oscars? I think he has to be, and then he'll get audience. He'll get an audience. I think he doesn't get an. I don't think he gets invited back. I think he I, does. I think ten years down the line, he presents with Chris Rock. He presents the Oscar for Best Actor. I can see him doing that next year. No way. No way. Next year? Are you crazy? Yes. Viewers, are you talking about viewers? Is that why? Yes, viewers, and also they, they'll make up in a year. I feel like the Oscars at that moment they were just so unsure of what to do, and they couldn't kick him out because he so was you're going telling to win me the Oscar. Will Smith's but, not going to present Best Actress next year because Best Actor always no, presents Best Actress no, next year. He will no hell no. They don't want him back there after what he just did. I think they'll 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 like do yeah, it. I, I think they do want story. bigger viewers. They'll do it and the viewers. Yes. If this is the Golden Globes, I'd say that, but this is the Oscars. I feel like they won't do it because, like, yeah, we're they not let them go on. Low. They could have not let they, them go on. If they're smart, and, they have Chris Rock present again next year, not Will Smith. No, if they're smart, they have Chris Rock hosting next year. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Just in, oh my, you see David Spade jumped in on Twitter talking about it. Oh my, his boy, what did he say? Yeah, I saw a tweet. It was like, oh, he said, like, it was a G.I. Jane joke. He said, <laughs> <laughs> dot 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 and then uh <laughs> but can you imagine if like i saw i saw on twitter it was like a will smith entering the parking lot this is what he sees and it's like grown-ups with like rob schneider <laughs> kevin james sandler like all in a row on uh on a tweet and i just thought that was hilarious to see imagine like adam sandler hosting the oscars i think that'd be awesome i, I thought about that earlier just be sad he doesn't never had one um yeah but hopefully he'll be there more as an, uh, a nominee rather than a host. But uh, that's going to do it for the Oscars recap. It's going to do it for the Oscars recap. And uh, what I want to jump to now, Ricky Flex, is uh, a special moment that we had for the Batman. This wouldn't be a drive-in podcast episode without a mention of Matt Reeves' most recent foray into the superhero universe, the DC universe, Robert Pattinson's debut as a Cape Crusader. Oscar all- winner, Greg Frazier. Oscar winner, Greg Frazier. Shout out for Matt Reeves on Twitter for his boy. Hopefully he's going to be there again next year for the Batman. My prediction is that he will be. So we have to talk about another huge debut that happened in a deleted scene uh, last week that we, uh, it came out after we, uh, uh, released last week's episode, but we had the much anticipated debut of Barry Keehan uh, with Robert Pattinson in a one-on-one scene in Arkham Asylum. We got obviously a teaser at the end of Keehan's character. We didn't get a clear look at him. We still didn't get that clear of a look during this uh, deleted scene that was released on Twitter. Uh, it seemed like it was a little bit of a, like a Twitter sensation. Like people were going crazy. Joker's Joker, you know, uh, but I want to get your thoughts, Ricky Flex, starting off on the way that Kian looked in the scene. What were your thoughts based on uh, what we saw here and in comparison to what we've seen in Jokers from the years past? Yeah, so we, we got the look. For the most part, we got like what his face looks like here. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> it's it, I think they, I think they honestly did it too much. I, I, didn't, I, I don't like looking at it. Like, it's I really disgusting. don't. Like I think they went, they way overdid it, but the scene itself, and before they actually show like a clear view of him, like the blurred vision of him, I thought looked great, <laughs> and that's not supposed to be a shot. Like that's, that's supposed to be like good. I like that, like that. Uh, whatever. Like the it looked, it looked like the Joker. It looked good. Um, but the actual scene I thought was good. 
but I'm happy it wasn't in the Batman. I don't think it would have made sense just to throw the Joker in as like a Hannibal Lecter type thing, like interview. And it's just going to be one scene and not throughout the movie. No, let's do that next movie. I'm, I would rather much see that and have him be a more integral part of it and maybe even take it over or just be a little intro for a third movie when he takes it over. So overall, like I thought it was good. I love how Matt Reeves released this. Let's, I love these deleted scenes, especially these ones that are highly anticipated or things like that. Like we, the Joker, it's the Joker. So I, I liked it a lot. Didn't love it. Don't like, I don't love the look of him, but at the end of the day was satisfied. Yo, I loved it. <laughs> I love the look of it. I, I, I thought like, this is like the Joker we saw with Joaquin uh, with the paint and everything on. And then you think of, I don't know, Jared Leto is a clean, like clean cut looking Joker. This one is like, this guy's messed up and this guy has seen some crap, you know? And the fact that, you know, it's so weird. It's like with these scenes with the trailers and also uh, this, this deleted scene, it, the audio is hard to make out at times, but when I saw it in mm. theaters, it was so clear. Maybe because I was more locked in, but the audio, I had to like get, find a transcript for what Joker was saying exactly. But I love how there's this prior relationship already established between this character and Pattinson. He's not the full on Joker yet. Uh, I can't wait till we find out more about him. I, it's setting the tone for the relationship between these two. Uh, I think Barry Keen. I like this choice for a Joker because the actor is not too big to let's say, um, refuse an appearance in the Arkham Asylum series. I feel like Barry Keehan is the type of guy who would appear in that series as the Joker, if you know what I mean, right? Because that series, I assume, is going to start production way before the sequel to the Batman is. And the fact that they're going to have this Arkham Asylum series, you have to bring up the Joker now that you have this deleted scene revealed and you have the scene at the end of the Batman. So that's extremely exciting. Hopefully we get a little more insight on his character there and maybe how he got sent into Arkham in the first place. Uh, but it seemed like they talked about like Matt Reeves, the congenital disease and like the, why his face looks like the way it does. But also it looked like, even though he has that disease, it looked like he still was like dumped in a bat of acid. You see his hair. He's got like splotches of hair at certain yeah. points. He looks extremely out of shape. It looks like he is just an absolute mess. So I don't, yeah. I, I would have liked it better, but maybe if he was like more of a physical like foe, to a patents and you could see them going in a one-on-one battle but like almost like a leto like look like he was he got yoked up for the role like kian looks like he's just like a fat slob <laughs> in this movie I, which is kind of weird to me you know it just doesn't feel I, like a joker we've seen yeah and I, I i was actually gonna say like i'm happy that like he's differentiating himself right i like not repeating the same joker now the jerry leto joker definitely differentiated itself uh, from like the scars of Heath Ledger and the uh, what do you call it? The, the obviously it was before Joaquin, but Joaquin, like clown element, Jack Nicholson, the gangster. Here is like, or whatever you want to say for him, but here, like, definitely differentiated as just a psycho, but like a looking like one, like a like a monster. Like, he does look like a monster, yeah. and which I love. I love that. I love that. I, it looks like it's just, he it's has just done hard to look a lot at. of terrible things in his life. And, yeah, uh, which is it, good. And like him go, like it doesn't fit in the mold of the movie. The movie's already way too long to have him just go visit the Joker just because he's a serial killer and he wants to get to know another serial killer. There's not really a direct connection whatsoever, but it was just an excuse for us to see, like get excited about the future of this franchise. So I respect that it's a deleted scene. I think that was actually genius. And uh, 
and it has you excited for like an Arkham Asylum series. Like that, I think like marketing wise, genius move. But I have a question. Just, for, well, sorry, I was gonna say I had a question for you, but you have something to add on. I also want to say this. I just think the Joker as a character is too big for a television series. I know what you're going to say as in like nothing's too big for a television series anymore. And we kind of have well, to do no, it now. No, but... he won't be the main character. I just, I'm looking for him to have a couple scenes. He won't be the main character. Paul Dano won't be the main character either. I don't know who will be the main character, to be honest. You could, as I said before, have a scene where it's like Commissioner Gordon going in Mindhunter style like to interview all these different like killers or all these different uh, villains in the Batman rogues gallery, that'd be electric. You want to expand the universe in that capacity. That's a good idea. But I do want to say this, this scene you saw, uh, I'm going to, there's a blog coming out. I'm doing the best like cinematic moments between Batman and Joker, but I just want to pit this scene against another recent Batman and Joker sequence, Ricky flex thinking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, thinking about the Oscars cheers moment you talked about with Barry, uh, with Barry Allen entering the speed force. But what do you think about like Jared Leto with Ben Affleck in the Snyder cut versus the scene you saw today? Which one would you say is better? If we're clipping this for YouTube, it's not going to be good because this was, I think this was better than the Leto Batfleck. I, I, I think it was. I really do. I think. Uh, I, I think, think it's better shot. Leto... Yeah, I agree with that too. I like the audio. Sorry, how it's like Snyder. You could tell when he's speaking through the screen, through like like through right. like the wall, and then they switching up the audio. The reveal of the character is huge, but you also had a differentiation in terms of the look of the Snyderverse Joker. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. have the look of the and Batman in terms of the like comic book elements that might make you a little more excited. You got the mentioning of the death of Robin, talking about the death of say. Harley Quinn. Sorry, I'm just cut to there i apologize but i just think like there was a lot of excitement after that scene and uh the fact that you have something to look forward to the excitement is better than the scene here yes. you're like it's like you could say it's oh the anticipation is better service. than the scene but i think this is actually like yeah that other one's total fan service because literally we're never going to see it so the sign verse this one's like we're gonna see it so you could say oh it's just like it's teasing us a little bit anticipation here right like it was also just very good directing, very good acting. Like it was actually a good overall scene here. The latter one, yes, it has the comic book elements, like I, like we, you just mentioned here, but it also just like kind of was just like a playful thing. Yes, you know, hundred percent. Like Leto just talking about like jerking on Batman, like just a second, like a little hand around. Like that's just not like weird, weird. Yeah, but also you had the Batman dropping the f bomb in that moment where it's like whoa, <laughs> like that was, that, that was cool. And now that, that was the moment everyone was looking forward to, and you were getting it in hour four of the Snyder cut. So uh, the last freaking minutes, I did. I did want to get your reaction to that because that's what I think of recently in terms of Batman and Joker moments. Cause we had the Joaquin movie and you don't have that moment. Right. Obviously, unless you're talking about him, like putting his fingers inside of Bruce Wayne's mouth, like a freaking weirdo, which is also, also one of, when I look back on one of the most cringeworthy Joker scenes of all time. Um, any other final thoughts before we wrap up our talk on this deleted scene? I still, I, I I think the Hannibal Lecter for the second movie with a different Batman villain, like a Mr. Freeze or something like that for the second movie would be my preferred thing. And then save him for the third movie or just not even for the third movie. But I do, I, I, I just don't want to rush it. You know what I mean? I really don't want to yeah. rush this Joker. We just got an Oscar win from this Joker just three years ago. 
I really just want Perry Keegan to have a chance to like establish his own Joker. You know Ricky, what I mean? I, you know how there's this thing going around on the internet right now where in that deleted scene, Barry Kogan steals the paperclip from right. the fold fold for the files that Batman gives him. I think what they should do in the mm. Arkham Asylum series, they have almost like a Darth Vader Rogue One sequence or like a Luke a Luke Skywalker end of Mandalorian season two where the Joker has one special scene where he uses his paperclip to break out of Arkham Asylum. And that's his one moment in the Arkham Asylum series. I think that would be an absolute electricity. And I think that would be like the one moment you get from him. You see uh, like a tease of the future. And also he's on the loose going into the sequel to the Batman. That would also be phenomenal. Just want to throw that out there. Damn it. That's good too. That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 83 of the Drive-In Podcast. Make, you, make sure you're subscribing to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the whole shebang. Make sure that you hit that follow button. Make sure you're also subscri- subscribed to the YouTube. Uh, this, sh- this episode will be on there. We're cutting up clips on the regular. Uh, make sure you're also following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Drive-In Podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 83. Until next time, we will smell you.